All right, so um, go ahead, be turning with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. Um, Tonight, what I wanted to do before we get too far into just asking question after question after question, this is one of the first questions that I kind of had on my list of questions to answer. Um, And it's kind of another one of those precursor questions, um, but it bears asking. So tonight we're asking this question. Is heaven beyond our imagination? I want to let you think about that for a moment. Um, Is heaven beyond our imagination? Now, when I ask this question, um, first and foremost, what I'm not asking you here, is it going to be greater than what you could imagine? I think the obvious answer to that question is absolutely. Like, it's most certainly going to be greater than we could ever imagine. The greatest ideas that we could come up with, the greatest dreams and hopes that we could have of heaven, one hope of heaven is that it will outshine those. Right? So I'm not asking you this question tonight in that regard, that is heaven going to be greater than we could imagine? The question that I want us to start with is, is a little bit different than that. Is, the, is this a wasted effort that we're embarking on? That's, what I, that's the question. Like, is it even worth our time to try to imagine heaven? Or is heaven something that we should just stay away from when it comes to thinking about it and dreaming about it? Um, so when I say is heaven beyond our imagination, that's what I mean. Is it off limits to our imagination? Um, now, obvious, and a, a couple of other things that I want us that I want us to think about whenever we, we think about this question. Not only is this going to be an effort that's in vain, but another kind of angle to this, is it possible, do you think that it's possible that we dream up a, a picture of heaven that outdoes what it's actually like? Right? Like, is, is that one of the risks that's before us? Is it not that we're going to dream up things that are amazing as we think about these questions and then when we get there, we're going to find out that it was even better. But there's another angle to that is that could we dream up a hope that's not a real hope? Is that a possibility when we when we think about heaven? Now, um, I think uh, I could answer that quickly and say, yes, there's a way that we could dream and imagine heaven that is very much going to lead us in a direction that could very possibly um, not in any way be any reflection of what heaven is. And that's going to be um, if we start building up our own ideas and just chasing after those versus staying with the text. Whenever I kicked off this study a few weeks back in the introduction, one of the things that I tried to say again and again, and it will come out tonight as we, as we dig in here, is that we need to use heaven or Scripture both as our guide when we're thinking about heaven but also as our guardrails when we're thinking about heaven so that we stay in line with what Scripture has to say about heaven itself. So uh, a couple of things, a couple of misconceptions that I want us to address tonight. And tonight really is about misconceptions. 
okay? Um, because obviously I believe that we can do this, otherwise we wouldn't be several weeks into this study at this point. I do believe that this is a thing that we can uh, venture to do. I believe that we can imagine what heaven will be like using Scripture as our guide and our guardrails, otherwise I would not have embarked on this um, at all. I would not have asked you to join me in this uh, exploration at all if I did not think that it was a possibility. Uh, but I say that to say is that there are those who would look at what we're trying to do and say that this is that this is beyond what you can do with Scripture. And they would try to present some uh, Scripture as kind of supporting evidence for why we should stay away from these types of endeavors. And I want to look at those tonight. So when I say is heaven beyond our imagination, is heaven off limits to our imagination, um, that's what I'm thinking about. So we're going to be looking at three specific places in Scripture tonight, looking at some Scripture that I believe when we look at the text in the context of it, that we'll find that instead of being some way of dissuading us from, from embarking on this, that it will instead encourage us further into it. So you all ready? All right, so the first misconception comes from this text that we're looking at here in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, where someone would come and they would say, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Is that scripture? Do the secret things belong to the Lord our God? If you read the text, it would say that explicitly. But one of the misconceptions that I would say, especially when it comes to the way that we take that out of context, is one, the assumption that heaven is one of those secret things. Okay, now certainly there are things about heaven that we may have no context for, that we would never be able to dream up or imagine because we have no frame of reference. I can assure you we won't go down those rabbit holes because they're not things that we would necessarily think about. So we're not even going to be asking questions in those regards, right? But I, I want us to do something here, um, and this is going to be a pattern that we see with all of these misconceptions. And this is probably a safe pattern for us to follow anytime we have um, a place in Scripture where we perhaps have some misconceptions about um, a good rule of thumb is just read some more. Um, so uh, we'll do that here. Deuteronomy chapter 29. So the, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, correct? Yes. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do the words of his law. So the secret things belong to the Lord our God, yes. But what about the things that he's revealed to us? Who do those belong to? Those belong to us. Those things belong to you, to your children, to the generations that will come after us that hear and believe the gospel and follow after Christ. Those things belong to them. Um, so I would say here that, uh, again, certainly there are things about heaven that are going to be beyond our imagination, perhaps even things that we currently have no frame a reference for, but that shouldn't discourage us from exploring the things that have been revealed in Scripture. 
In fact, this is kind of the guiding principle for this study or one of the one of the initial guiding principles that was laid out in the introduction is that Scripture is our guide. And Scripture will also provide us with our guardrail. So um, that's misconception number one, and we're moving along fairly quickly now into the second misconception. I promise you when we get done with three, so we've got two more left, we will be done for tonight. Um, So misconception number two, flip with me now to Isaiah chapter 55. Um, So question for you. Are God's thoughts higher than our thoughts? Are his ways higher than our ways? Right? Yes, this is what scripture says to us. Okay? Okay. But again, I would say as you as you get there to Isaiah chapter 55, uh, we're going to be looking specifically at verses eight and nine here. Um, Here's what I want us to see. So let's just read the whole text. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to look at verses eight and nine here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So is this text discouraging us from exploring the thoughts of God? Is it, is it discouraging us from exploring the ways of God? What is it doing? It's encouraging us. I think there's a couple of ways that it encourages us. One, the idea that God's ways and thoughts are beyond ours is a hope for us that we will not find the extents of them, right? So like in regards to like us sticking with Scripture and exploring Scripture, this from this should come a hope, not a discouragement, a hope that... God's ways being beyond ours, God's thoughts being beyond ours, does not mean that this is going to be a frivolous endeavor, fruitless in the exploration of it, but there will be a reality that comes along the way, is that as great as our imaginations can be on these things, that we can be encouraged by Scripture, that it will outshine any picture that we could that we could paint. Right? So this again is not to dissuade us from the exploration. The idea that God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours should encourage us. It's a good thing that He thinks better and works better than we do. Right? Now, with that laid out, what does that mean for us as we begin this exploration? As we answer these questions that we're going to put forward. If we know His ways are are beyond ours, what should that tell us? About how we use our minds. What does it tell us about how we are to use our imaginations? You look like you want to say something. Well, I'm just saying that it shows us that there's no boundaries. Uh, when we're exploring, uh, there's no nothing foolish about in our imaginations, especially if we look at Scripture and what Scripture describes them as being, and then we explore our thoughts. Because each and every one of us collectively come up with you know, marvelous um, you know, images or imaginations of what God has 
Yes. So we will not, in this effort, find ourselves painting a picture of heaven that when we step into heaven, we find we did a better job at imagining what it could be like. Right? So, so not to discourage us from imagining, but to encourage us to press into the Scripture and dream big, knowing that the greatest that our minds could press into, we will not find ourselves, as we explore this, painting a better picture of what heaven looks like than what we will see with our own eyes. It is as though you've never seen the mountains and someone describes to you in great detail what the mountains look like. They give you all of these details perfectly. And you have a picture painted in your mind. like They give you analogies of what it would look like. Do you think the picture in your mind before you see the mountains are greater than when your eyes behold the mountains? No. You can't paint a better picture than the reality. And that's, that's what we should get when we consider a text like this, is that we will not, in our imagination, paint a picture that will serve to lead us to disappointment when we see the real thing. Okay? So that's the, do, you, do you all see how there's two dangers that are there? There's a danger of like straying too far outside of the text and, and winding up in falsehood. But then there's also this, this danger that we don't build the hope big enough for fear that we'll outdo it. Right? So uh, I want to encourage you that as we do this, there will not be a point at which we paint a picture of heaven that is more beautiful than the realities of heaven. That's, that's the point here. When we think about God's thoughts being higher than our thoughts, His ways being higher than our ways, I don't want you to think for a moment that in answering any of the questions that we're going to attempt to answer, that we will paint the perfect picture that's more beautiful than what we were trying to build a picture of, right? Like this, I hope this encourages us in dreaming big. I hope this encourages us in painting a better, more clear picture of what heaven will be like. But when we think about some of these questions and come to some answers for the questions along the way, and you find yourself, there will be some of these that I guarantee you, as we answer them, that you're going to hope against hope. You're going to be like, that was better than I thought before. Like, like the conclusion that Scripture leads us to here is better than I thought before, but what if it's wrong? What if, what if we're looking at it wrong? Like you'll find yourself with that fear of, did we paint a better picture than what heaven's going to be like? Is it going to turn out to look like an eternal church service and, and we're painting a picture of, a, of, of a, a world that we were created for to enjoy that never existed and it only existed in our imaginations? We will not paint a picture like that. The picture that we're going to paint in answering these questions is going to be one that's bigger than what we thought beforehand but less than the reality. We're going to press closer to the truth of it, knowing that God's ways ultimately are, um, like what He has in store for us, is so much better than we could 
ever have imagined. That doesn't mean that we can't get closer or that we should not attempt to press closer into it. And this leads us to the third misconception um, or the third place where we're going to kind of uh, tease out these misconceptions here. Um, and that's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. So as you're turning there, this misconception is probably the one that you hear the most when... Um, when someone's going to try to push back against what I'm asking you all to join me on, it's going to be this, that no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Is that Scripture? Is that what Scripture says? No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Okay, so then the question comes is, If no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him, then what exactly are you trying to do here, Landon, when you encourage us to use our imaginations? Because did I not say from the beginning that I wanted you to have an imagination, like to stoke for yourself a childlike imagination? Landon, doesn't Scripture say that no mind has done it? So you think you're the one... You think you're the one that's imagined it? Is that, like, did we just find a text here that's going to dissuade us from doing this? Like, is this, I'm, this was going to be such a short sermon because I was going to tell you all this evening that I changed my mind because this text <laughs> said we can't do it. Is that, do y'all think that's, <laughs> that's not it, okay? So no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Are y'all there yet? Are y'all there in the text? Because I want us to read a little farther. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, What God has prepared for those who love Him. And we read a little further. Like literally the next words. These things, what things? These things is speaking of in the verse just before. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God for Who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. And you didn't read far enough. Because the Spirit has revealed to us these things that we could never have imagined. That we, could, that we had no frame of reference for 
The Spirit has revealed them. And where do we find these things? These things that we could not make. I'll grant you, if you put the Bible on a shelf, you would never be able to imagine the hope that we have in heaven. Never. Because truly, no heart, no mind, no eye, no ear. Because it is beyond what we could imagine on our own. But you are not left, brothers and sisters, you are not left on your own to dream of the hope that has been put before you in Christ. The Spirit of God has revealed in His Word these things that were before that revelation beyond our imagination. But for us, these things have been revealed in the Spirit. So this text is not a text that can be used to dissuade us from using our imagination. Now, it could be used to dissuade us from using our imagination on its own, but that was never the intention of this study. Scripture is the guide for us. It, it ignites our imagination. It gives us the things to dream about and to look at. And it guards us from going too far to the left and too far to the right. So as we continue, and, and we are, y'all, are, this is going to be the shortest Wednesday service I've had in a hot minute. Y'all are welcome for that. Write it down because it will never be this short again. Don't derail me, Dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Our response to that would be overwhelming in the human body. And therefore, as the script talks about, we would be as dead men before uh, a righteous God. Yeah. And so that's what I was, you know, along that hard minded uh, eyes only can be revealed by the Spirit. Yeah. And that's like, as we come in here night after night, asking question after question, like, we should be, like, I don't lay out the the guide and the guardrails with Christ being the ultimate, like, prize of heaven. I don't put those things out up front so that y'all can hear that once, and then I'm going to, like, put all of this behind me at some point in the future and just start answering questions based off of my own imagination. Like I expect you as you come in here Wednesday night after Wednesday night to expect me to point you to the text that ignites your imagination, that causes you to think of heaven in a way that you never could have thought of heaven. Like that's what I want. Because we see that Scripture can reveal to us things that were beyond our imagination. Things that we have never laid eyes on. Things that we have never heard. We have one who came from heaven to us. One who knows what He's going to do before He's done it. And He says it before He does it. 
He knows what heaven looks like. And He's given us His Word and the Holy Spirit. And He's encouraged us to press deeper into it. And I promise you, I promise you, if we do that, if we do that week after week, and you hold me to it each and every week as we come in here, is He using Scripture as this God? Is He paying attention to where Scripture says, nope, you can't go here, nope, you can't go here? As He's answering these questions, that as we do that, our minds will be open to a picture of heaven that is far beyond what we could have ever imagined and still fall short of the actual object of it. Right? Like... We can grow in our understanding of what heaven looks like and still know that it is greater than we could ever imagine. Okay? Um, so with that being said, um, we, will, uh, we will close there. Um,